damn it, how long have we been doing this show? You're listening to The Wrestling Life on iTunes, SoundCloud, and at obpapparel.com. Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life, it's episode 181, December 5, 2018, I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Liam, so much to talk about. And so many things we can't talk about. Or we shouldn't. Um, let's start with, uh, how was your Thanksgiving? My Thanksgiving was uh, was pretty good. I've been ill for about a month, so that just kind of... Seems less than ideal. I, I would agree, but, uh, you know, fine. I'm in my 20s. Nothing have, bad ever happens to you in your <laughs> 20s. Have you considered asking Jesus to... <laughs> to drop kick me through the goalposts <laughs> of life? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's that's on my to-do list for uh, for, for this week, is uh, get, 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 get some FaceTime with the J-Man. <laughs> Ask him to uh, give, me a, give me the old drop kick through the goalposts of life, as the saying goes. Sure. <laughs> the famous saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about pro wrestling now. Um, mixed bag this week. Mixed bag. Uh, mm. Raw Raw was so terrible last week that I didn't want to do a show. And so we took a very rare <laughs> we took a rare week off. Um, I don't think it was much better this week, but it was a little bit better. Uh, they, they, they very clearly have a baby face problem. <laughs> what? Like the top baby faces are Roman and Braun and they're not around. And they don't protect anyone else. And the show's just full of heel beatdowns. Um so maybe they were a little bit cognizant of that fact this week and they let the good guy win some. Uh what'd you think of Raw? Yeah, I didn't think it was a terrible show. Well, I should say the two hours that I watched was not a terrible <laughs> show. Because as as uh, listeners will remember, I uh, I check out of Raw after the 10 o'clock segment every week. I've also added an amendment. I am also allowed to check out after the fourth Baron Corbin segment of a night <laughs> I see. from now on. But uh, yeah, I stuck it through through, uh, through the end of the uh, 10 o'clock segment this week. And it wasn't the worst show I've ever seen. So there's that. Well, so what? What are the what are the top programs on this show right now? It's it's Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose, and sure. um, that I guess maybe could have been hot. Forgetting the fact that we did that program to death like three or four years ago, and then again like two years ago. See, I don't even remember the second time. Um, they did it where after Seth won the title, him and Dean wrestled for like three months. They had a really 
really long ladder match. Was that after the uh, TV monitor exploded in his face? No, that was uh, the fall. Fo- uh, that, yes. that was the first feud, right? That was, so that was the, t- yeah, that, the, well, the TV monitor exploded in during Dean's feud with uh, Bray Wyatt. Oh, s- silly me. Of course. How could you forget? Yes. Um, anyway, so this, they, they feuded a bunch. Anyway, uh, Dean Ambrose is now a, he's now a comedy heel. Yes. <laughs> and, we, and we know, we know how well haha works, particularly when WWE does it. Um, what do you think of <laughs> the Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins stuff on, on Monday? So Dean Ambrose comes out doing what appeared to be a parody of the Bane speech from The Dark Knight Rises, um, a movie that is over six years old. Um, and he came out wearing a very similar coat and a big mask and had a bunch of like security that also had gas masks. And then he talked about how he was terrified of getting diseases from the people of Houston, which, I mean, that to me would be like trite even if you were doing it like on a local house show but doing it on like what why why do i care that he said the people from houston smell bad or whatever that's a good question and they do that every week yeah i mean cheap heat is not not exclusive to this segment of course but yeah and then uh so he cuts this very long rambly promo and like (sighs) You know, and we talked about this a little bit off the air, but uh, you and I both have watched the Dean Ambrose documentary that recently went up on the network, correct? Correct, yes. And during that, and I largely I thought it was kind of uninteresting, but there's a part (laughs) where Dean's talking, and he mentions something along the lines of when he had his tricep injury, and then during the recovery for that, he got some sort of infection. He almost died, allegedly. Um, And whether or not that's, you know, dramatized or not it's it's a serious thing you know infections from surgeries are nothing nothing to mess with but he mentioned something along the lines of this is the first time that his body wasn't cooperating with him after he put it through so much and it sort of made him realize that he's you know he's getting a little older and he feels a little more desperate because he doesn't know you know he realizes he's not going to be able to do this forever and so he feels like he's got to really like you know seize things while he can and it's like that to me is a way more interesting uh, motivation for a heel turn um, compared to what they've been doing, which is he's he's just kind of a jerk and decided that the shield needed to pay for their sins, whatever that means. Yeah, it's like man, it's like so, especially because if you remember, part of Seth's babyface turn was him coming back from his real babyface turn when he became like smiling, fighting babyface Seth was when he got his knee injury and he started cutting promos about how like while he was down and injured, the fans were sending him well wishes and that really made him realize the error of his ways. And so it's like, okay, so on the, so like the other side of that coin is it made Seth more grateful for the fans. Whereas it made Dean more desperate, more underhanded, more, you know, whatever. Like, that's an interesting story to tell, but we don't tell interesting stories anymore. So instead, Dean has to talk about how the fans are smelly and then beat up Seth Rollins with a gas mask. Yes, he left him laying in what was largely a pretty fair fight 
Like, yeah, I, I guess Seth had to kick kick uh, the geeks w- wearing the gas masks masks around a little bit, but it was essentially a fair fight that Seth lost one on one, and the crowd then turned on Seth, who is generally universally loved in every town. So yeah, that that, uh, that going great. That segment was a failure. Uh, <sighs> Drew McIntyre has been protected on that show, and it's very clear that whether it's at WrestleMania or SummerSlam next year, since they drag everything out forever. (laughs) Drew McIntyre, top guy, is on the horizon in the relatively short term. And so he's been protected. So they split up Ziggler and McIntyre this week with no build whatsoever. And they had Dolph Ziggler pin Drew McIntyre on Monday Night Raw. I was gobsmacked. First of all, because I know that they don't think that much of Ziggler. <laughs> Correct. And he pinned the... Honestly, my first thought was wellness policy violation. <laughs> <laughs> Going to be announced on Tuesday morning. <laughs> I could not believe that they uh. let Dolph Ziggler pin Drew McIntyre. Now, there was some chicanery and like, you know, Finn Balor getting involved and almost count out and all this stuff, but still they pinned Drew McIntyre. Were you shocked? Yeah. I mean, just because as you said, they don't, they generally share my opinion of Dolph Ziggler. They might hate him even more than I do. And yet here he is, uh, being the first man to pin Drew allegedly, according to Michael Cole, since Drew has come to the main roster. Um, and it's like, you know, who could have really benefited from being the first guy to pin Drew? I mean, besides anybody besides Dolph. <laughs> Finn Balor. Hmm. Finn Balor, who hasn't had like a credible win in two years. <laughs> like, even if there is some chicanery and use that to spin off into a Drew versus Dolph feud, it's like, as you mentioned, Roman Reigns is gone for the foreseeable future. Braun Strowman is gone at least. I, maybe he'll be back for the go home show, but if not, he'll probably be back on the pay per view. Um, so Finn's like kind of your de facto top baby face. It's like him and Elias are the guys now. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, yeah. you know who could really use like a credibility boosting win? It ain't Dolph F and Ziggler. Finn Balor needed that. And instead, Finn got to help Dolph. And then later in the night, Finn got to beat Jinder Mahal. Because those two must wrestle once a month on Raw every month forever or the world will crack in half, as it was foretold in the prophecy. Um, So, yeah, and then Finn got beat up again by Drew and he'll probably get squashed by Drew at the pay-per-view. But, hey, Dolph got a big win here and his big baby face turn. I I mean, I guess it was a baby face turn, right? I mean, I don't know. Like, the other heel was a was a jerk. And so he punched him. Yeah. That's like that's like the closest thing to a turn we're gonna get in twenty eighteen, right? Sorry. Yes. Yes, I, I suppose that, that uh it's asking too much to <laughs> just do do real turns anymore. Do real turns, tell interesting stories, yeah. give credible wins to guys who need them. Well, if last week Last week's show was the Baron Corbin show. This week's show was the Ronda Rousey show. Ronda's all over this show. 
they did open Raw with a match, <laughs> or at least they were going to, <laughs> uh, which was uh, refreshing. Refreshing, but Alexa Bliss heel authority figures all over this this show. They have two heel authority figures on one show. They went from zero to to two. <laughs> Innovative. It's so terrible. Um. Like Alexa's a good promo, but they always book her strong and they book her with these or they write these like funny lines for her. It's like she's never gonna get booed. <laughs> like no, like really booed. She's <laughs> very likable. She's extremely charming. And and they make her say cool things. Yes. <laughs> like and she's the heel. <laughs> and also all the baby faces are lame. That's yeah, the baby faces on the show are, are awful. But uh, Ronda was all over the show. Baron was all over the show. And so that left only uh, one minute for Rhino's WWE career <laughs> to possibly come to an end. Out of nowhere, Corbin books a loser leaves town match. <laughs> yep. Between Heath Slater and Rhino. <laughs> Rhino loses, and then he makes Heath Slater a referee. <laughs> yep. What, what, am, what am I missing here? Like, I don't think Slater <laughs> actually that might be the best role for he's Slater as a referee. I don't sure. know how he's been employed for like a decade, but he has. <laughs> yeah, people used to say that about JTG, about how he was like Mr. Invincible. Yes. And he finally got cut in like summer of 2014. Yes. And it's like he's he's been there forever. Cause he was, I mean, before the Nexus stuff for NXT, he was in developmental for a couple years, I'm pretty sure. So he's been around a long time. Yes, yeah, so Rhino got Rhino got one minute to say goodbye. <laughs> he, <laughs> he didn't even get a promo. Allegedly, I, I read some, somewhere that he cut something for the live crowd. Yeah, yeah. For the co- <laughs> in the commercial break. <laughs> yep, couldn't even give him. Maybe they'll put it up on dot com. You know? Well, we don't have the overrun anymore, so you know we're pressed for time. <laughs> We don't have the overrun anymore. All right. So like, are we, are we done? Speaking of speaking of Drew, you know, we're heating him up and he's like they had him kill Kurt and like end his career allegedly. Yes. Uh maybe they could have done like a bit where like Drew bumped into Rhino backstage and you know he's called Rhino out for being like a comedy buffoon when he used to be this tough badass. And so Rhino like psychs himself up and challenges him to a match and they have a match and Drew beats him. And then that's like the end of Rhino. Instead, we just he just lost a loser leaves town match to Heath Slater, who is now a referee. We we can't tell stories. We I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We don't, we don't <laughs> you know. The time. next time I, I go on this on this fantasy path of asking WWE to, to tell a story, please just interrupt me. Sure, sure. Um Let's break up the WWE talk by talking about this new promotion that the elite guys may or may not be starting. Oh, <laughs> so, all right. I mean, we, we have not discussed this, I, I don't think, on the show. Um, so the Elite guys appear to be starting a promotion. That is not shocking. I think we talked about that uh, six months ago. Yes. Uh, at, at least. We definitely talked about it after All In. Yeah, it feels like six months ago. It was only three months ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's what uh, WWE television does to you. <laughs> 
<laughs> I've seen so many Finn Balor Jinder Mahal matches. <laughs> the weeks feel like years. <laughs> I've seen so many Finn Balor Baron Corbin matches since. I've seen that. so many Jeff Hardy Randy Orton matches. I never need this. I never need to see Jeff Hardy wrestle again. Like I was a huge Jeff Hardy fan ten years ago. <laughs> I thought Randy Orton was maybe the best wrestler alive. <laughs> 10 years ago. <laughs> Times have changed, but the people on top have not. True. So the elite guys are starting a promotion. Uh, they have a money mark. They sure do. It's the, the they're friends with the son of the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, and I guess it's family money. All the trademarks are registered to the Jacksonville Jaguars mm-hmm. address. Um, I guess the only question is what promotions will they have deals with? Will this affect Ring of Honor's deal with New Japan? Um, how will all of this work? Will the elite guys continue to work New Japan? I guess this raises a lot of questions. Uh, will this thing get off the ground if WWE comes in and gives each of them, you know, a $5 million guarantee. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think that's, I mean, that's always a possibility. I mean, WWE can afford it, certainly. Um, but if they are serious about getting it off the ground, it's the same thing that comes up every time someone, you know, tries to start a new promotion. It's like, you got TV? Right. And, it, I mean, who knows? I mean, they had the, obviously, All In did the special on WGN, but is WGN throwing around, you know, TV rights money that can rival, you know, even what, you know, Impact was making when they were on Spike? No, no. I mean, I think the idea would be to use, I mean, I think w, WGN might be a viable partner, but... The, the money wouldn't float wouldn't keep the promotion afloat they would have to use it as a commercial for a traditional pay-per-view or something right right they would have to actually like book professional wrestling traditionally is what you're saying <laughs> yeah that, i mean that's that's what i think i mean that, uh, that i mean that's a possibility they i mean yeah you would have to actually like get people to pay buy tickets and go to house shows potentially and buy pay-per-views and buy merchandise and Obviously, the Young Bucks and Cody and Kenny Omega don't have a problem selling merchandise, but yeah, um, on a, on a grander scale, um, it's certainly. I mean, yeah, I mean that that's what it comes down to as far as can they get it off the ground. I think obviously they would they would have the right people, and obviously, um, the biggest thing would be who would work with them. And as you mentioned, Ring of Honor, um, it certainly seems like they're maybe trying to prep a little bit. They've signed some indie guys. They've, uh, I mean, they're, they seem to be going ahead with, uh, you know, maybe assuming that those guys aren't coming in. So, I mean, bring, I mean, we talked about that back at all in that ring of honor was probably the odd man out. Although if you look the way that new Japan has booked the last couple of months, I mean, the elite guys are not focal point to this show and Kenny's the freaking world champion. Yeah, I think I think that's pretty telling, and I would be very surprised if Tanahashi doesn't win the title on January fourth. Yes, um, agreed for a lot of reasons, but 
yeah, that that being one among them. I guess I don't know if I want to talk about the original report or not. <laughs> the Jim Ross Jericho thing. Yeah. It let's just go ahead and, and discuss it. No one no one listens to the show. <laughs> um, that's not true. No one from, that works for the website that I write for uh, listens to the show. Correct. So SC Scoops um, originally reported that Chris Jericho and Jim Ross were involved in getting this thing off the ground. And I had one person tell me, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to be cryptic. I just, I didn't get permission to, um, to Ervis in public. Before. So I'm just going to say one, per- I had one person tell me that, that Ross was contacting WWE people about getting involved and that for fear of tampering um, litigation, that's why he's acting like on his podcast, like he doesn't have, you know, he doesn't know the first thing about it. (laughs) Where if you, if you read between the lines, he very clearly knows everything that's going on with it. Now the report, the original report that was on SESCOOPS.com said that, that, it it did not explicitly say that Ross and Jericho were putting up any money. It was very clear that it was the Khan family that was putting up money. And in his non-denial denials, Jim Ross was saying, "Yeah, like like Jericho and I are gonna risk the mo- all the money we made to get involved." <laughs> it's like, well, no one ever said you were putting the money up. However, the original report did say that they had a deal on Access TV, and we all know. But that's not a real television deal, and Access denied it. And why would Access deny it? I, I just, I mean, I think they could do a no comment if um, they hope to get something done. And, you know, Jim Ross made a point on his podcast of saying that it's either not going to happen or it's going to happen with a huge television partner. And God bless Access TV, that's not Access TV. In that part of the report, I was skeptical of from the beginning, and I'm still skeptical of it, uh, you know, two months after the report came out. That's fair. I mean, yeah, that's... And, I mean, more credence to it not being Axis beyond all of that is also that Axis is seemingly going really gung-ho with their New Japan partnership this in the new year. They're airing Tokyo Dome matches the same day that it airs. Um, on Access TV that night. So um, it certainly seems like they're trying to really bolster the partnership with New Japan, perhaps in reaction to no longer being in, or, or not being in the running for whatever this uh, elite wrestling show will be. Yeah. So I think, I think it's going to happen. I think they're probably have a deal with new Japan. Um, I think ring of honor is still probably going to be the odd man out <laughs> as we discussed three months ago without any <laughs> reports out. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like, you don't have to be a genius to connect the dots on this one. Um, but Jericho, Hey, Jericho's a free agent and family man, Chris Irvine, <laughs> <laughs> who knows what he'll do. Uh, Jericho, uh, <laughs> Threw a guy off his tour bus this week. 
and speared him, mounted, threw threw some hands. Got went back in the bus, came back out for some more. Yep. <sighs> Good family man. I hate that. I hate that story. <laughs> I hate that story. I hate. Oh man, <laughs> I hate it. Something bad's gonna happen with that guy. <laughs> He's living the gimmick, brother. We know how that works out for everyone that lives their gimmick. Yeah, well, I just, you know, just maybe a reminder to family man Chris Irvin that <laughs> camera, everybody's got a camera on their phone. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I don't know that he cares. Maybe he doesn't. Just, just be careful, Chris. <laughs> so much we can't talk about. So much. All right, SmackDown. SmackDown this week. Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles stuff uh, ended the show. AJ Styles and The Miz made event of the show. What a geek The Miz turned out to be, by the way. He's just a comedy geek now. Um, After being, you know, a heel who won a lot of matches and uh, was a really good promo for a couple years, now he's just a total comedy geek doing a, a, a wacky buddy angle with Shane McMahon where they pretend that the trophy is a child. It's it's really bad. But anyway, uh, <laughs> this AJ Styles Daniel Bryan thing. So Bryan first turned, he he kicked AJ Styles in the balls. As you do when you're a heel on SmackDown. Sure. It's <laughs> as is tradition. <laughs> as is as the prophecy for Dolph. <laughs> and uh you mentioned that his first promo after uh, turning was very Cactus Jack ECW. Yes. This week on SmackDown, there was a little bit of that and a lot of um, Daniel Bryan environmentalist. Yes. <laughs> as, as the character. And Bryan himself kept trying to get away from that when he was doing commentary. Um, and Graves and Saxton kept uh, bringing him back to that. And he was trying to get away from that. Uh, he did bring it up in his promo with The Miz. But anyway, this feels like a lot. This My scattershot thoughts on this Daniel Bryan uh, stuff this week mm-hmm. seems to be the approach that they took <laughs> um, in trying to define what the quote-unquote new Daniel Bryan, which, by the way, that's Vince McMahon, a uh, uh, hundred million percent. <laughs> Branding the new Daniel Bryan. Correct. Anyway, I think they they don't know quite what they're doing with him yet. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think I can understand that because, yeah, he's, he went from cutting promos, you know, very succinct, very clear about what he's talking about to talking about people that eat meat and use plastic water bottles. And, <laughs> yeah, that's basically what he was doing when he was like a comedy heel character with Kane in... 2012 yeah um and now he's doing that but he's the world champion and theoretically the top heel on smackdown um i guess we'll see i guess that'll that'll be the war is daniel bryan trying to (laughs) trying to write his own storylines and trying to work around the lines they make him say is he doing it is he pulling a sting (laughs) (laughs) he's just not gonna do it yeah I hope so. I hope so. As maybe, maybe if more guys just did that, maybe this business wouldn't be in the damn shape it's in. 
I think that's a thousand percent correct. If more guys who were pretty much bulletproof in this company just said whatever they wanted to say and didn't go along with their dumb BS storylines, yeah, maybe we maybe if Roman Reigns said, "I'm not going to say suffer and suck attach." Yeah, yeah, this, the world would be a better place. Um, yeah, I did enjoy Daniel Bryan saying that he hopes his daughter grows up to kick a thousand <laughs> men in the groin. <laughs> This is great, including <laughs> Byron Saxton specifically. Yeah. yeah, there are elements of of him that were very entertaining this week. I'm not sure it's great, like <laughs> getting heat. Although he did seem to get heat by calling the people fickle over and over again. Um, yeah, I mean, and like, and people react to that, like the violent stomping of AJ Styles' face. Yeah, like because nobody else does beat downs like that. Everybody else just kind of does wrestling moves. So him like targeting limbs and like like beating destroying AJ's knee and then putting him in a knee bar or a heel hook or whatever at the end of the show. It's like, yeah, that's at least in the myriad of heel beatdowns that we are likely to see every week watching five hours of first run WWE television. Four for me. Um <laughs> at least Daniel Bryan's heel beatdowns are different. We can find silver linings in that. I guess, man. Uh, <laughs> SmackDown ended with, at least in theory, the two top male ba- baby faces getting laid out. <laughs> yeah. AJ Styles got laid out. And right before that, Randy Orton beat Jeff Hardy because Samoa Joe distracted Jeff Hardy <laughs> by talking about beer or something <laughs> on, the, on the Tron. And mm. uh, Jeff ate an RKO. So what a geek and an idiot Jeff turned out to be. <laughs> 2018, Babyface is still getting distracted by guys on the screen. I swear. Like, why Why would you not just continue wrestling? It's so stupid. Yep. And I think the thing with doing, like, the Jeff Hart, like, the, guy, the heel making fun of Jeff Hardy falling off the wagon, like, I, well, obviously this was, they did this with CM Punk right before Jeff left the company, and it led to Jeff not coming back to the company for 10 years. Yeah. But, also, uh, Jeff Hardy had a DWI like five months ago. Yeah. So it's not like this is ancient history that Joe's bringing up and it's fine and it's not. It's like, no offense, but Jeff Hardy is very much a candidate for relapses. So I don't know that it's great to point that out on television. <laughs> this, this is... <laughs> I agree with you. I don't believe this is wise. <laughs> <laughs> like most things in Jeff Hardy's career, I don't think this is wise. Um, on many levels, I don't think this is wise. So, they know that Becky Lynch is the most over performer they have, at least on SmackDown. Sure. So, they put her in the first segment, and then they brought her out to sit in the chair at ringside just, just so she could be on camera. <laughs> I mean... For the Charlotte Asuka match. By the way, Charlotte and Asuka, they teamed together and eventually they did turn on each other. But it was like, why were they teaming together at all? And like, Charlotte was like cheerleading for Asuka on the apron. Mm, even like she's how... like a jerk Becky clone. She's. Oh, she's... Oh, I hate... Okay, so <laughs> they're attempting to, <laughs> to make Charlotte Becky. They're giving Big Show the yes chance. 
right? I forgot we discussed this on the show already. Yes. Um, but I forget where I was going with this. Anyway. So <laughs> she's cheer- but then she's cheerleading for sure. Right. For then she's cheerleading for Asuka, who she's facing <laughs> for the for the title in mm-hmm. uh in twelve days. It's and, and then Asuka kicked Charlotte and Charlotte got pinned. Yes. Yes. And Asuka is the baby face. It seems that way. I mean, I guess at the end, Becky's the only baby face that matters in this, but right. But Sonia Deville pinned Charlotte this week. That was something else. Sure, you don't, you don't expect to see that. I mean, that's more than like. Remember when the Iconics came up and they were going to feud with Charlotte, but then Charlotte just beat them every week. I have no, I have no memory of that whatsoever. <laughs> the I- Iconics, if you remember, are actually the ones that beat up Charlotte and left her laying so that Carmella could cash in. Mm, not ringing a bell. <laughs> Point being, hey, Sonya got to pin a, a top gal, as it were. So good for her. Um, yeah, and then they announced they're doing Asuka versus Charlotte next week. Uh, rematch of arguably the best main roster match of the entire year. Uh, one week build. I guess that's better than like a 90 minute build. I thought they were going to do it tonight when they came out there for the contract signing and Becky was in street clothes and Asuka and Charlotte were in their gear. Mm-hmm. I thought they were going to do it tonight. But Yeah, well, clearly someone was like, ha, what are you, an idiot? You can't do that with no build. That was one week. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> we, don't have to, we don't have to build to anything anymore. We don't, none of this matters. Okay, but again, that doesn't mean I can't criticize it. Transformers makes a lot of money. That's fair. Suicide Squad made a lot of money. Doesn't mean I can't criticize it. Right. Here's why I can never buy into Transformers, by the way. <laughs> like, do you want me to be sad when Bumblebee died? It's like, Bumblebee is a robot. <laughs> yeah, but he has feelings, and he talks through the radio, which is cute. <sighs> but, he, but, but he's a robot. It's like, if <laughs> somebody... Beat He's up a my... robot from a sentient planet full of robots. They're not like regular robots. They have feelings. I don't I don't understand it. Anyway. <laughs> I just explained it. I don't know how I could be any clearer. <laughs> That's right. I'm being ridiculous. <laughs> Go see Bumblebee starring John Cena in theaters this December. Awesome. I am going to go see uh, uh, Creed 2 this weekend, I believe. Ooh. Um. I don't know how you feel about the Rocky movies, but I, I, I loved the first Creed. I have not gotten to see the second one yet. Okay, but... I really enjoyed the first Creed. Um, yeah, yeah, I thought it was tremendous. So, um, I've heard some semi-spoiler things about Creed Two, but I'm gonna go and, and see for myself. So, and I look forward to seeing uh, Holmes and Watson with. <laughs> <laughs> Co-starring Braun Strowman uh, later Correct. this month. Later this month as well. You would really serve them right if Braun becomes a movie star and leaves them. I would. I would never stop laughing. It would be great, wouldn't it? It really would. Last uh, two years. <laughs> it would be great. It would be great. It doesn't matter. They got Drew. I will say they're building around Drew. Uh, up until this week, I would say. He's like eighty percent there. He's like an in the top mix guy. I don't ever see him as the guy. And then I thought his promos this week were really, 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 really good. I did think this was better, and um, 
Yeah, I I really haven't felt it even when he was, you know, when he was the NXT champion. I didn't just didn't I didn't feel it with him. I did think he came across as a bigger star than any certainly any other heel on that roster and arguably anybody because even the baby faces, I mean Braun's been laid out quite a bit lately and below him are Finn and Seth and and all these other goofs. So yeah, I mean he feels like he feels like, you know, a legit guy. It was funny, like when you protect a guy and you tell the audience that he's important and then you prove it by how you book him. Like, wow, guy starts feeling like a top guy. What a novel concept. Yeah, and then and then he lost to Dolph Ziggler. And then he lost to Dolph Goddamn Ziggler. After he made a short joke about Ziggler, which by the way, if they think they don't like Dolph and they think Dolph's a geek and Dolph's like, you know, six foot or six one or something. He's got a good like between two to four inches on Finn Bauer. Yep. <laughs> so what do they think of Finn Bauer? Like Well, we know. <laughs> it's amazing. All right. We've kind of been I've kind of been rambling for the last uh, twenty minutes. I have um one hour of sleep today. And uh, I think I would like to end the show. Um, <laughs> if, you, if you're amenable to that, uh, is there anything else you'd like to discuss before we uh, end the show? Well, I guess it's uh, it's worth mentioning. They mentioned uh, women's tag titles for the first, I think, officially for the first time. So those are coming in the pipeline. Yeah, that's, that's going to happen at some point. And... and they teased Sasha and Bailey versus Trish and Lita for those tag titles. At WrestleMania, which I told you, man, that's the match I would book. <laughs> it's the match I would have booked two months ago. Yeah. Instead, they booked a match that they had no intention of delivering. And then they, <laughs> could, and then they couldn't even deliver. <laughs> they couldn't even deliver the replacement <laughs> for the Classic. match that they had no intention of booking. Classic. Um, or you, there was something, tag titles, uh, there was something you said that. <laughs> anyway, this is riveting. All right, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I got nothing. Uh, Great pot. Yeah, it's good pot. It's hey, it's a free flowing discussion. Yeah, it occasionally touches on mature topics. That's right. All right, thanks everybody. Till next time, I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. And we'll be back very soon with more stories on the wrestling life. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. For other podcasts like this, head to obpapparel.com. The Wrestling Life is brought to you by OBP Apparel. For Baltimore's best local sports gear, head to obpapparel.com. Whether it's baseball or football season, we've got you covered with Baltimore's best local sports gear. That's obpapparel.com.
Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Be sure to go and subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search for The Wrestling Life on the iTunes store. Make sure you leave a review and tell us how we're doing. Also, be sure to follow the guys on Twitter at TWL underscore podcast for live tweets during wrestling events and other hilarity throughout the week. That's at TWL underscore podcast. Now back to the guys. Riveting, riveting stuff. <laughs> riveting stuff. I don't know. Uh, how, how you feel about uh, the Lamar Jackson experiment? You know, week four. You know, these games are are definitely. Uh, first of all, let me say that I love Joe Flacco more than I love most of my family. Sure, agreed. Um, but I will say that the offense is definitely far more exciting. <laughs> um with someone other than Joe Flacco uh, quarterbacking. Also agreed. Uh, on the other hand, it seems like quarterbacks at some point are going to have to throw the ball. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I mean, all these talking heads on television, all, they say, all, all they've been saying for the last uh, 25 years is uh, it's passing league, it's passing league, it's passing league, it's passing league. And uh, our quarterback... Yeah, the jury is still out on whether or not he can actually pass. <laughs> Correct. Seems like a pretty big part of quarterbacking. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, until a quarterback has long-term success doing run options, like it's everyone's going to have to keep saying that, right? Yeah, I mean... <sighs> and I, I don't know that Lamar Jackson is going to be the guy to break that mold, you know? Yeah, or if he would be able, or if he would have the tools around him that he would need to break that mold, even if he is capable of it. Well, they got a pretty solid offensive line. Like it's not you know the nineteen eighties Redskins offensive line or anything, but it's a it's a good enough line. Like sure. I just I I don't I don't know, man. Like the whole they got. John Brown, whose whole thing is he has more 20 yard catches than anybody in the league, or at least he did through like six weeks or so. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And we got a quarterback that hasn't dem- demonstrated an ability to throw the ball more than eight yards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so can't really use the wide receivers, <laughs> um, the tight ends. Uh, yeah, I guess he can use, he can throw to them some. Big part of Joe Flacco's game is throwing the ball to Buck Allen, and uh, I haven't seen Buck Allen on the field. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we've also won every game, so <laughs> right. I mean, oh, it works um, until it doesn't work, right? It's kind of like the Tebow thing, right? Well, it's but it's not going to work this Sunday. Well, no, but I mean, well, we we're, we're going to lose that game regardless of who the quarterback is. Sure, and I appreciate people trying to like say it's a strategy move, like, oh, well, since we run the football more with Lamar, we'll keep the Chiefs' offense off the field. <laughs> and that'll, it's like, dude, they'll just throw 90-yard touchdowns. <laughs> like, right. 
the guy doesn't guy doesn't do a lot of like ten play drives. Like he'll just you know carve up our very mediocre secondary and you know, do it on four plays. The secondary is is weird. It's like it's deeper than it's been in a decade. Yeah, and and yet it's all like <laughs> mediocre depth. Yeah, <laughs> like like there's nobody out there that scares me that would scare me it's like yeah i don't do any of the cornerbacks or safeties have an interception this year <laughs> you know i feels like one of them would have to like but... I, I know i know Weddle doesn't right um smith had one maybe yeah Carr maybe has one <laughs> but still you know like it's like not, team it's total not, is definitely in single digits. It's it's not a scary uh, secondary, right? It just feels like like four plays a game. I see, and it depends on you know depending on what quarterback they're playing against that they manage to find that. But it's like four plays a game. I just see guys down the field wide open, and Eric Weddle's like jogging behind them. Yeah. Uh oh. I guess somebody thought it was a slant. Yeah. Yeah, they actually. They, I uh, had New Japan in the morning, so I DVR the game and watched it like mm-hmm. after midnight. But uh, <laughs> I thought the uh, I don't even remember who did the game, but they made a real nice point of the one time that well blatantly got burnt. They're, they mm-hmm. were like, "Yeah, he gambled <laughs> that it was going <laughs> to be a slant." And actually, the guy just went straight up the seam. Mm-hmm. Huh? You think maybe a guy in like his 18th year in the league? <laughs> <laughs> would have seen, would have seen everything by now, but I guess not. Nope. <laughs> the other uh, the other thing is that C.J. Mosley was kind of drafted before, I guess everyone decided that we need we should have our version of Gronk or Jimmy Graham or you know the big tight end who's also a really great athlete. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so C.J. Mosley. Is kind of he's kind of like an old school player, even though he's like twenty six years old or whatever. <laughs> it's like <laughs> he's not fast enough to run with with these crazy freak athlete tight ends. He's not big enough to hit, like be a force in stopping the run. It's like I'm not sure what <laughs> CJ Mosley what is it he does here. Yeah, it's like I. I got all the all these talking heads tell me he's good, but it's just like I see him get burnt by tight ends all the time. <laughs> yeah, and he's not really a force in the running game. Like he made some tackles on Sunday, but more, <laughs> I don't know. If it comes down to it, I'm okay with letting uh, CJ Mosley walk. I think is what. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's fair. You need like you need guys that can run with. I don't know. Maybe you got to start drafting like. <laughs> I draft tight ends and turn them into middle linebackers. Yeah. <laughs> that seems like, I mean, it just, it seems like that, like that's changed so much, even in like, like people always go, Oh, the game's changed now. It's like the game's changed in like the last five years of yeah. how they use, you know, tight ends and bigger guys like that. Like it's just, well, it's because you can't, well, you, you, you don't have to fear going over the middle anymore. Cause you can't get hit. 
Right. <laughs> so it's like, oh yeah, we can we can put a big, you know, he's not gonna run a four four forty or anything, but he can he's gonna be faster than these linebackers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's just run him, you know, past the linebackers and in front of the safeties. Anyway, <laughs> football talk. <laughs> doesn't matter oh charlie they're mad they're mad at charlie i'm sorry you put this in the bonus or whatever it's fine yeah so they had naya intimidate charlie for no no good reason like she she wants to fight her which you know whatever it's a heels and stuff and then grace said when did charlie become a jedi (laughs) making fun of her dress (laughs) and it was like okay one and it's a weird thing two drive-bys on charlie on the same show and i'm like they're mad at Charlie for some reason. And you're like, well, she probably got that ESPN job without <laughs> telling them. Yeah. I don't know. I would think they, that she'd have to run that by them. But I mean, I'm sure maybe she ran it by them. Like once she, like I want like, but like she got the audition without right. asking them. And that was probably enough to make them angry. What, whatever. It's it's very clear to me if they're angry at her. <laughs> sure, you know why. I'm still angry at the guy wearing the "I'm a Charlie Caruso guy" shirt that the uh, stand-up thing four months ago. <laughs> His intentions were not good. No, not good. Oh, really? You're a Charlie Caruso guy? Wow, you're really unique in that. <laughs> mm. You you have oh you like attractive dark-haired women. <laughs> You're a unicorn, sir. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's talk about the wrestling. I try to keep on keeping on. 